0: This is Welcome back to Tanakhcast. This is episode 178. We'll continue in the Psalms with a brief summary of chapters 99 through 102 and follow with some thoughts about the actions of the individual versus actions of a particular individual. Just a quick Psalms update. This is episode 178. We began the Psalms with episode 153, and we'll complete the run with episode 190 in about six months. We're about two-thirds the way there. That is, this is the 26th of 38 episodes. And I begin with this overview because it's due, but also because Psalm 99, in a literary way, inspired this overview with its telescoping structure. It begins with the whole world, then sharpens its focus onto the nations of the world, then one nation represented by its capital, and then the people itself, all of which are connected by their place and connection to God, and praising God, evoking historic figures like Moshe and Aharon and Shmuel, who called to God and God answered, quote, In a pillar of cloud did he speak to them, they kept his precepts and the statute he gave them. This psalm was also constructed around threes. Three, oh, it's the magic number. Yeah, it is. It's the magic number. God is described three times as holy in concentric circles of holiness. That is, the outermost reflecting the acknowledgement of the nations of the world, then the Jewish people, to conclude in individuals who connected directly to God through prayer. And there are three individuals named who typify that connection, Moshe and Aharon from the generation of the desert, and Shmuel from the generation before the monarchy was established. The praising of God continues in Psalm 100 with a psalm of thanks that accompanies the near offering called Todah, whose details and mechanics, if you're keen, can be referenced 570 chapters previous in Leviticus 7. The praises overflow, quote, acclaim him, bless his name, for the Lord is good forever, his kindness, and all generations his faithfulness. Oh my God! Psalm 101 is written in the first person with the poet praising God for divine righteousness, quote, kindness and justice I would sing to you, O Lord, I would hymn. As Cornel West pointed out, justice is what love looks like in public. And the poet takes us from the public to the private. Quote, I shall go about in my heart's innocence within my house. I shall not set before my eyes any base thing. I hate committing transgressions. It will not cling to me. The poet will also surround himself with upright people which will energize him even more to confront wickedness in the world. Quote, each morning I shall destroy all the wicked of the land to cut off from the town of the Lord all the wrongdoers. Psalm 102 presents us with the poet who, I suppose, adopts the persona of a poor downtrodden man. Quote, a prayer for the lowly when he grows faint and pours out his plea before the Lord. Oh my God, I almost passed out. Oh! <gasps> In this voice, the poet calls out to God for aid, describing his suffering in evocative physical and natural terms. Quote, my days are consumed in smoke, and my bones are scorched like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withers like grass, so I forget to eat my bread. From my loud sighing, my bones cleave to my flesh. I resemble the wilderness jackdaw. I become like the owl of the ruins. I lie awake and become like a lonely bird on a roof. But there is some consolation, quote, For the Lord has rebuilt Zion, he has seen in his glory, he has turned to the prayer of the desolate, and has not despised their prayer. Let this be inscribed for a generation to come, that a people yet unborn may praise Yah. But in the meantime, the poet acknowledges God's eternity and asks for protection from his enemies, quote, They will perish, and you will yet stand. They will all wear away like a garment, like clothing. You change them and they pass away, but you, your years never end. And on that eternal note, here endeth the lesson. Psalm 101 is a tight eight, eight verses. In it, as I said, the poet sets out an agenda for personal growth, for pursuing justice practicing it in the domestic sphere, avoiding the company of the wicked, the defamers, the cheats, the haughty, and then the poet takes it out into the streets and pledges, quote, each morning I shall destroy all the wicked of the land to cut off from the town of the Lord all the wrongdoers. That is egregious! That's egregious! Now, as an agenda for personal growth, it's pretty ambitious, but doable. From a strictly behaviorist perspective, the poet begins developing positive habits at home in his most familiar environment, eliminating all triggers and distractions in his pursuit of justice and righteousness. Once that's on lock, he moves into the public realm. But tackling injustice is a massive challenge, just like tackling climate change. And according to some analysis, they're kind of both the same. And, you know, we're all asked to do our share, to reorganize our personal habits and personal space so we can all individually bring down carbon levels in our planet's atmosphere to safe levels, 350 parts per million. Hey, kids, always recycle. To the extreme, bastard! So we should, you know, sort our trash into categories. You know, open a can of soup, eat the soup, wash out the can, and put it in the recycling bin, and then take the bin out to the curb on the appropriate day. Which is a massive improvement because there was a time when there were like multiple bins of different colors and sizes for different materials: one for glass, one for tin, one for metal, one for paper, etc., etc. You know, plastic straws kill turtles, and the plastic six-pack rings strangle baby seals and old light bulbs destroy the ozone layer and plastic bags from the supermarket make up, you know, 80% of the large island of floating detritus in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, well, maybe that last bit was a bit of an exaggeration, but it seems that the onus for fighting climate change, for rushing out of the trenches into the blazing machine gun fire of harsher storms, rising sea levels and colony collapse, is the individual and their curtailed late capitalist consumer habits. Does that seem unfair? To place the burden on saving the planet on the shoulders of individuals in the West and their families? Wait, stop that! Enter neoliberal shill Thomas Friedman, who says, Change your leaders, not your light bulbs. Okay. So the solution to climate change is just, you know, swapping out politicians who deny climate change with those that accept the science. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. But there actually is an individual who can, with the snap of a finger, make a huge advance in the struggle. That's CEO of Amazon Jeff Bezos, who recently put his hand in his pocket and pulled out $10 billion with a B dollars to combat climate change. The sum effectively doubles the amount spent fighting climate change by American philanthropists. Damn! problem solved. Although that sum, $10 billion, makes up less than 8% of Bezos' total worth. And decarbonizing the planet's energy systems would cost up front something in the neighborhood of $73 trillion. Bezos' pledge amounts to less than one seven thousandth of the job. But asking him To bankroll the entire planet's decarbonizing might be a bit much. What about the Green New Deal? That one will cost $16 trillion. Bezos' $10 billion pays for less than a percent of that. So how about just one project? Like rebuilding the U.S. electric grid. Price tag? $5 trillion. Or... Constructing a seawall to enclose New York Harbor. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers priced that one out at $119 billion. Bezos' cash covers less than 8% of that. Or Bezos could give his $10 billion and order his company Amazon to get it together. Amazon emitted more than 44 million metric tons of carbon in 2018 alone. That's almost as much as, say, Switzerland, Denmark, or Norway emits in a year. And it's not as if there's no one at on Amazon to advise him about other structural changes at his company that he might institute to combat climate change. Hundreds of his own workers going by the name of Amazon Employees for Climate Justice, staged a walkout at the company's Seattle headquarters in September of 2019, as did other cohorts in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Toronto, Dublin, and other cities as part of a global climate strike. Bezos and Amazon's reaction? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! They threatened to fire these folks if they continued with their activities. Amazon has sponsored the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a think tank that promotes climate change denial, Amazon Web Services designs, quote, custom solutions for oil and gas extraction and exploration to locate new fossil fuel deposits. And despite signing on to a new climate pledge to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2040, Amazon contributes directly to climate change through intensive use of fossil fuels throughout their businesses and pollutes communities with their fossil fuel infrastructure. Even with Amazon's shipment zero goal, whereby the company aims to have 50% of all deliveries reach net zero carbon emissions by 2030, fulfilling e-commerce orders with small delivery windows has resulted in more miles, fuel, and emissions per delivery. For years, Amazon resisted releasing data about its carbon footprint. In 2019, they finally agreed to participate, which might bring up their rating from an F. Amazon says it will order 100,000 electric-powered delivery trucks from the automaker Rivian as part of their effort. Amazon has a $440 million stake in Rivian. But of all these actions, the thing is they're all in the future. Amazon can't even resolve to cut down on the size of boxes and the packaging materials they dump inside. If you don't believe me, order a nail clipper, and I guarantee you it will arrive in a box a half-meter long filled with plastic bags of inflated air. So Jeff Bezos declaring that he's going to drop some major dollars on climate change solutions is very nice. He can clearly afford more, but, you know, one isn't supposed to look a gift dolphin in the mouth. But he could probably make an equally impressive impact right now by issuing a handful of orders as head of Amazon, not only to alleviate the negative impact of his company on the planet and its resources, but to improve the day-to-day lives of the thousands of people whose labor makes his fortune possible. The fight to save the climate will require a coordinated movement to bring corporations and governments into line. We need 3.5% of the population to mobilize to make the changes necessary to ensure a future for our children and grandchildren. But nothing will happen if we limit action to bringing our own cloth bags to the supermarket and feeling like (laughs) if you don't. You or I can do very little alone. It's not to say that we should give up but it's to say real talk. My swapping out all my light bulbs for LEDs helps a little, but Jeff Bezos telling Amazon to pack differently or switch to electric right now helps a hell of a lot more. But Bezos won't do it right now because attention spans are short and profit margins are high and stockholders are happy. And what difference does it make what I think when I'm just me in my house sitting in the dark? The same is equally true with the poet in Psalm 101. If he's talking as a regular person trying to stay on the straight and narrow, well, he'll transform his life, potentially, and that of his family. He may be a role model to others as well. So perhaps his influence will extend a bit farther. But if he's a king or CEO who pledges to pursue justice, who will only surround himself with just advisors and dedicate all of his resources to war against the wicked of the land... Then the outcome will be quite different, and perhaps there will be hope for us all, after all. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about TanakhCast. Tell a friend about TanakhCast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got our first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to TanakhCast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning five this podcast. And it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for Tanakhcast at patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for... Episode 179, when we continue in Psalms with chapters 103 through 106.